that's the premise of how I'm approaching whether or not I personally, you know, would install TikTok because TikTok is we own know owned owned by China, Chinese investors. Right. Uh, it's like I don't even have to like go through. You could just do TikTok. Um, uh, what was the search I did? TikTok CCP. Just do a mm-hmm. Google search TikTok CCP and just start reading. Even in Google, which we know is a censored search result anyway, we know it's leaning. It's going to be right. So absolutely. Uh, uh, if I'm a parent, do I want not only the data and all of that, all of the information about my kids and their what's on their phone being shared openly with a Chinese-owned company that we know has direct ties to the Chinese Communist Party? Okay, I believe we are in all. I believe we're already in World War Three. We're in a cultural war, a social war, an information war, uh, a hearts and minds war, and it is literally communism versus freedom. Hi, and welcome to the 91 Day Success Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan, and I'm thrilled today to have Lane with us from Signal Genesis. And I'm looking forward to this conversation because not only are we going to talk about SEO and, and, and the areas that Lane's just an absolute master in there, but I'm going to pick Lane's brain a little bit on a, on a topic that I know he's very passionate about, and that topic is TikTok. And I want to chat with Lane a little bit about uh, his thoughts on TikTok, uh, where that fits in, and what we as business leaders should be thinking about uh, as we choose to use or not use TikTok uh, in our business. So, Lane, welcome, and, and thank you so much for your time today. Hey, Jonathan. Great to be with you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. Great to be here with uh, you and your audience, hopefully. Absolutely. Well, let's start by just a little bit of background and, and let people know who you are. I know a lot of the audience already knows you, but some may not. Um, talk to us just a little bit, if you could kind of give us that elevator pitch on Signal Genesis and how you work with agencies to help their clients with search engine optimization. Yeah, sure. Awesome. Thanks for that uh, intro. So, you know, um, a little bit about Signal Genesis. Um, it, uh, we've got about um, eight, eight real programming years of research and development combined with my previous um, 13 years in the SEO industry, really digital marketing, branding. um, And um, about five years ago, we embarked on creating a platform for agencies that would help solve, well, we really built it to solve our problems internally at our own agency with with SEO challenges, uh, the economics of it, uh, getting consistent, predictable results. And, uh, you know, that's, there's a lot, as you know, there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to SEO and getting those predictable results for your clients. And so, um, uh, we were, you know, doing guest post blogging, manual link building, um, citation building, and all of these things that, you know, went into trying to do SEO and, and move the needle for our clients. And, um, but it was a lot of manual work and it was also, uh, um, I'd say pricey, you know, it was, it was expensive sure. anyways, guest post blogging, you know, as you know, is it just, or manual link, but buying one, one link sometimes was, you know, just, uh, incredibly cost prohibitive. So trying to scale SEO, trying to eliminate a lot of the manual processes. Um, we just got to work on, um, um, kind of bring a solution to market that solved all the, our problems, but early on to your point, we decided to develop the platform for agencies exclusively. We know the agency world. I've lived in it for 13 years. 
Um, so, you know, as a software developer, you have unique advantages when you know the industry. You're not just coming in uh, externally mm -hmm. to solve a problem potentially with money. We have that insider knowledge and then having done SEO myself for 13 years, along with my partner, Matt, who's really brilliant as well. Um, leads our dev team, you know, we, we decided to build this for other agencies as well, because we knew we would solve an industry problem when we solved our own problem. Well, and I can certainly attest as, as a user, you guys have an amazing system and it works really well. And it, it's really well set up for agencies so that we can help our clients do well. And, and I really appreciate what you've done there. Thank you. Appreciate it. If, if, if somebody that's watching is not an agency owner, but they're a business person and they're wondering what should they be looking for when, when they're looking to have somebody help them with SEO, what type of questions might you recommend that the average business leader ask of their SEO provider or related so that they can find an expert to help them that really is going to do a good job versus the smoke and mirrors that, of course, sometimes fits into that part of the world as well? Well, boy, that's a that's a a, um, a question with an answer that's like an onion. Um, it's got many layers. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but um, you know, for, for the business owner asking that question, look, trying to look for a quality, you know, like provider that can really solve the problem and and get the results. The first thing I'd say is stay away from the really big companies where you're dealing with a sales rep. Um, mm. So. You know, there's. Uh, have you ever seen that mar that Martech la mar marketing landscape um, um, mind map before? I mean, there's like yeah, 10, absolutely providers, yeah. right? So you've got you know you've got tens of thousands of providers from you know unique things like Yelp or directory listings like Yellow Pages and Merchant Circle, and you've got the you know huge agencies that have you know sales forces of anywhere from dozens to hundreds of people. Um, I, I say stay away from all those big players because you're going to be getting you're not going to be getting an expert talking to you as the business owner. Um, you're getting a sales rep who's there making commission on whatever they can sell you. That is a hugely different relationship, um, you know, when you're dealing with a sales rep versus when you're dealing with an agency owner who, uh, who has a real grasp on the industry and what's going on. So that's the first thing I'd say, because. You have to strip away. That's a lot of noise. Business owners are bombarded every single day with phone calls and emails, marketing messages from offshore, from onshore, from all of these different players. Uh, and then you have, you know, a, a real agency owner of whatever size they might be, but they've got their fingers on the pulse, their boots are on the ground, so to speak, and they really know what's going on. And there you're going to have a they're going to be smaller company. But you're going to mm -hmm. get better attention typically as long as you can then find the quality providers there because there's that's still the wild wild west in many ways um, absolutely just the agency world of you know who everyone the people that hold themselves out to be some at some level or another a marketing agency or an seo company or a, an advertising company so within that wild wild west of agencies you know real marketing agencies if I'm a business owner, I'm now looking for expertise. Just I look at it mm -hmm. like if I were looking for a doctor, if I had a foot problem or if I you know, had a legal problem or I had a tax problem, I'm there's a lot of choices, but sure. I'm going to really start to you know filter through the noise to find an expert because I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste my money. And in my if it's my business and my, my you know, look at it as my business health. 
I don't want to go to, you know, just any old marketing doctor. I want to go to an expert marketing doctor who really can. So I'm looking for expertise and I can ask very simple questions and I can gauge expertise based on the answer. So there you can really understand, does this person have a grasp of what's really happening here or do they kind of fumble with the question, beat around the bush and get back to their sales pitch? And so great advice. You know, um, sometimes reviews will ferret that out. Not always, though. So, I'm, but I would definitely want to cross-reference that with, you know, do they have any reviews? Doesn't have to be a volume of reviews because, again, you're looking with working probably with a little bit of a smaller company. But mm-hmm. I'm looking for insight into what are those reviews actually saying because I'm looking for an expert, and that's ultimately I think if a business goes at it like if they were looking for an expert doctor, or expert lawyer, expert tax you know, accountant, whatever it might be, you'll, you'll, you'll get the idea. Makes perfect sense. I know just the other day I was talking to a prospect about working with our agency. And one of the questions that they raised, because they're with a large national agency right now, is that that national company is telling them, look, nobody can do the same things that we can do. We've got better relationships. We've got better knowledge. We've got better everything. And I got to admit, I looked at them and said, you know, that. SEO is a skill set and it is an art and there's definitely a skill associated with it. But I don't believe in, and I'd love your opinion on this, that just because you're a big guy in the industry, so to speak, or a big player, that you have any more advantage in ranking your customer sites than what a smaller agency, again, with the same skills and the same expertise can, can have. What, actually, what are your thoughts yeah, on that? It's just, I think it's just the opposite. It's a really good point, Jonathan. Um, I think it's just the opposite. I think the larger they are, the more at a disadvantage they are because you just lose control of quality and quality matters even more now today in SEO than it did five years ago or 10 years ago. It's it's been a gradual slope uh, towards sure. quality. And and it's not that there's ever been, a, there's a, I don't, I wouldn't even say there's a different standard for quality within the search algorithms or the search companies, whether it's Google or Yahoo or Bing, they're all looking for quality. I don't think there's ever really a different standard. We all, even 10 years ago, still wanted good quality content, not spammy content. It's just that the algorithm, the technology, um, the patents have gotten way more sophisticated and better at detecting quality in an automated way at scale because the size of the web has has also, you know, mushroomed. So absolutely. Uh, so getting back to the point of the question is, you know, is a larger company at a at a greater advantage or disadvantage, as the case may be, um, over a smaller agency and getting SEO outcomes that are positive for the client? And the answer is no. Size has nothing to do with the algorithm. They're not looking at the size of the agency. If you're doing SEO for uh, a plumber um, and the agency, whether it's small or large over here, is doing the uh, the SEO, they're not, mm-hmm. their size has nothing, no weight or influence on that company and what what the algorithm is detecting about that company online. Uh, you're doing the work for them, not, so the size has really is irrelevant um, in that respect. The way I, the reason I say it's a disadvantage is because I have continuously experienced, not just in my marketing year, years, years of, of experience in marketing, but really throughout all experiences in life. The larger the company, almost generally speaking, the lower the quality, at least predictably and consistently it is, because it's just quality control. Unless you are um, insane about it as a company, 
the larger you get, the, 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 the less quality you have. And you can look at that in many applications, um, you know, matter, you know, matter what it is. No, I was gonna say, I think that's kind of across the board, like so many things. It's when you get to be large, you know, uh, your accounts becomes a, one of many numbers, one of many small fish in a pool, not somebody that's getting that personalized attention and candidly, probably not getting the attention of the most talented people on the team uh, because they're they're busy focusing on other accounts, not on your stuff. So that makes perfect sense. Which was why well, I said in, in the shopping experience, are you dealing with a sales rep or are you dealing with an mm -hmm. owner or a key partner in, in the agency? Because the difference will be dramatic. Like you said, they're going to be a number. And that sales rep, those guys and gals come in and out, in and out, in and out. So right. the sales rep you have today is probably going to change within the next three to six months. Um, there's a high likelihood. And so you're going to be constantly getting a new sales rep that's your account manager um, I've had that. At, at, I won't. I won't mention the names. I use some of the larger software companies, you know, for sure. our research. And I've, I can't tell you how many times I get a new email about the new account manager that's now taken over our account. It's like four or five times a year, like literally. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, that's if you don't want to go through that, then find a quality, you know, a lower or a smaller. Um, smaller agency um and smaller agency can still be in the many millions a year but you know you're talking these bigger companies are doing you know 50 100 200 million a year in gross revenues you know it's they're huge companies oh absolutely well, and i think that's great advice and i think that's helpful because it's one of the questions i know i hear hear a lot one of the other really common questions i hear and again as an agency i know you know we generally know the answers to this but do i have to be creating different content for Bing and Yahoo than what I'm creating for Google. As somebody who's spent far more time in this than I have, Lane, what's your perspective on how to handle the differences in, in ranking algorithms and, and that between the different platforms? Well, I think that's, uh, there's a couple of layers of that question. The first layer I'd say is, um, I don't even, we don't, we wouldn't even advise a client to pay attention to Bing and Yahoo until they're absolutely optimized for Google because Google search consumes 90 to 95% of the entire search market. So yep. uh, I'm not going to optimize for the people or platforms or search engines that are that are, are fighting for the scraps at the, of the five to 10% that's there that they're all fighting for a share of. I'm optimizing for Google, which has 90%. So, all right, so now let's say we've optimized for Google. We're just killing it in Google. We've, you know, we feel like, hey, we've really maximized what we can do here. All right, well, let's go and see if we can't do anything different I would, you know, recommend that even on a setup of, uh, a, you know, even an SEO campaign that you do build out some of the assets in Bing and Yahoo, build out a local Yahoo sure. listing, build out a Bing business listing. You know, there's there's value in those the authority of, the, of those assets for your brand as well. But beyond optimization, no, we don't really have to do much to, to worry about Yahoo and, and Bing, because if we do a good job for Google, the, the, the rankings are almost mirrored in and the other search engines. Well, and I got to say, Lane, it's one of the things I've always appreciated about you is you've got a very pragmatic perspective in taking a look at SEO and focusing on the results as opposed to what feels good or what's flashy. And, and I know as an agency owner, that is just got so much value in our ability to deliver good results to our clients is having partners like you that are focused on the details in the back end, but not getting caught up in the latest and greatest and fanciest unless it delivers good results. So thank you for that.
Yeah, you're welcome. I'll give you a quick, you know, the reason why behind that I have that perspective, Jonathan, is, uh, you know, I sat, I was an agency owner, you know, before I, we shifted into dealing with exclusively with agencies and, you know, uh, as a white label agency and both of our software as a white label software platform. You know, I sat for nine years in your shoes and sold to other businesses and businesses mm -hmm. are, are always, uh, you know, I mean, unless you're, they're all, I don't care how, at what level. In fact, sometimes it's even worse. Uh, the bigger the business gets, every business is money conscious. Absolutely. They, they don't they, No, I've never met anybody who said, yeah, we have an unlimited budget. Let's just go. Right. I mean, there's always there's always apprehension or friction around how much they're going to spend. What are they going to get for it? Is there value there? Are there going to be you know tangible results? How is it going to be reported? So going through nine years of that, you just become, you know, you become in, you get in tune with your, your, your clients and you understand, Hey, these are business owners. They're a lot of them are, were my friends because I built my agency mm -hmm. on referrals largely. Um, Absolutely. And so a lot of them were right in my, you know, were neighbors or friends or referred by friends or neighbors. And so you care about their business because they're a, a small business owner in your, in your backyard, you know? And so, you know, they're just, they're, they're money conscious. They're, they're on budgets. And so they're looking for value. And so why waste time on when, on all the Yelp calls for a, a you know, a Yelp platform that's trying to charge me three or $500 a month and promising all these things. And really they're, they're a minor player in the overall market. There's fighting for seven or 8% of the overall market. Right. And, sure. but they want three or $500 of your money and that money re reallocated towards a place where it's going to drive in 90% of the market is going to just, it'll, it'll, it'll fundamentally transform a business. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a good segue lane into the other topic I wanted to talk to you about. And as we talk about market share and we think over on the platforms and where we're sharing data, obviously the major platforms that business owners are hearing about nowadays are Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and LinkedIn. And let us not forget TikTok. TikTok, yeah. You and I have had a couple conversations about this, and I know where you stand, and I agree with you on a lot of that. And I want you to share with me, if you would, why do you think that TikTok, if I can blow the secret, but why is there more danger with TikTok than there is benefit to a business? Um, okay, so the, the underlying premise that I approach this with is one of, I understand what's happening when I install an app on my phone. Okay. Yep. I understand Facebook's following me. I understand Facebook's probably listening right now, you know, um, on, on the phone. Um, but think about what I just said, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. We know that's happening. We, we, we joke about it, you know, and at parties or with the friends of, you know, I'll say this and then, you know, I'll see an ad the, either the same day or the next day in my, you know, Facebook timeline or whatever. Absolutely. Okay. Um, that is, in fact, a reality. With a minute you install an app on your phone, okay, whether you like it or not, you, you can agree to the terms and conditions. And I challenged anyone listening of when's the last time you read all of it and really deciphered what you were actually consenting to. I don't even do it because I know what I'm Never. consenting to. I'm consenting to basically full control of my phone. And that's what you're doing. Now, they may say, you know, in their PR world, in their marketing world, oh, we would never listen to your conversations. <laughs> Or we would never share your data with anyone or sell your data to anyone, okay? But that's just what they say. How are how are you or I or ever, anyone else ever going to prove that of what they're doing with our data? Now, exactly. when you install an app on your phone, that app is getting root access to everything on your phone. 
Okay. Whether they disclose what their what their app is actually accessing is a different mm -hmm. story. Um, and then that now you have to you know really evaluate the trustworthiness of the company, the developer, and any associations they may have, and other third party um, dependencies that their app mm -hmm. may have integrated into their app to provide the functionality that you're using on your phone. And no one that I know of, none of my friends go through even this much thought into whether they install it or not, right? It's just- Ab Absolutely, we don't. Three yep. terms, let's go. What you're doing is you're giving that app developer and their app full control over your phone. They can listen, they get, they can see everything you type, uh, they meaning the app that, you know, they're gonna get every single piece of data on your phone, your location, the mic they have access to your microphone access to your camera they can turn the camera on without you knowing all of that happens when you install an app on your phone now you know apple and and google say that they do all the due diligence on whether or not these apps are actually both fulfilling within their you know um what they say they're doing and, mm -hmm. and all that but i i can assure you that there are people circumventing those and hiding what they're doing and getting their apps approved in the app store for download. Okay. So that's the premise of how I'm approaching whether or not I personally, you know, would install TikTok because TikTok is, we don't know, owned, owned by China, Chinese investors. Right. Uh, it's like, I don't even have to like go through, you could just do TikTok. Um, uh, what was the search I did? TikTok CCP. Just do a mm -hmm. Google TikTok CCP and just start reading even in Google, which we know is a censored search result anyway. We know it's Correct. leaning. It's going to be right. So absolutely. Uh, uh, if I'm a parent, do I want not only the data and all of that, all of the information about my kids and their what's on their phone being shared openly with a Chinese owned company that we know has direct ties to the Chinese Communist Party? Okay. I believe we are in an all, uh, I believe we're already in World War III. We're in a cultural war, a social war, an information war, uh, a hearts and minds war, and it is literally communism versus freedom. Um, and I don't know how we can't see that after experiencing what we've all gone through the last two to three years. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I believe we're in a big war. Um, around this issue, I'm not going to support anything that is going to support or has direct ties to the CCP. I'm definitely not going to let them have access to my phone. And we, you can go to Google search and you can look at all the, the issues that even senators, presidents, high ranking officials, secure national security officials within our own government, as even as odd as it is right now within our own government are, are even crying, you know, wolf with, with, with what's going on there. So that's a five minute explanation, but I know what, ha what these apps have access to. And there's uh, no app that has, um, that I can understand has ties to China and the CCP is going to get on my phone. The, the, from a parent standpoint, not only the access to the data, but then there's the, the brainwashing, the, 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 uh, the information that we, that they see, we know that that's being manipulated. It, it's being manipulated by algorithms. We saw it being manipulated, uh, in Facebook and Twitter, even by American exactly. companies. So if you have American companies manipulating what kids see and the advertising they see and all that, 
how much more do, do you want your kids? You're giving your kids literally or the, the, the Chinese Communist Party a direct access to your kids, their brains, their information. And we know kids are extremely I was a psychology um, tutor in college. Kids' brains in that age group before they're fully formed are incredibly impressionable. We know that. We we see the yep. results, positive and negative, because of that. Do we want to give the Chinese Communist Party direct access to our kids and their brains in an incredibly impressionable time in their life? The answer is clearly no for me. Oh, and I'm, I'm on the same page with you, Lane. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to, to sh- have you talk about that a little bit. You're one of the people that encouraged me to actually think that through. I hadn't necessarily thought some of that through. And you're right. Um, if you think Lane and I are crazy, by the way, I got a challenge for you. Take your phone, leave it sitting on the table. And tonight over dinner, talk about the fact that you want to buy a canoe or that you want to go fishing in Idaho or Montana or wherever and have a conversation about that with your phone on, sitting on your, on the table if you don't see ads in the next 48 hours for canoes and fishing equipment, I will be absolutely shocked because Facebook's actively listening. We know others are as well. I don't know exactly who listens, but Lane, like you said, I know if I talk about something like that, in fact, possibly even just by talking it on the podcast here, I'm going to start seeing ads showing up for fishing equipment, for canoes, for trips to Montana to go trout fishing, anything like that, uh, because they've heard that in the conversation. And in theory, you know, that's okay, because I want them to market to me and make my life better. The problem is, as I think you pointed out, do we really want to trust that that data is always going to be taken care of properly? We've seen our own U.S.-based companies screw that up. I certainly don't want to trust a foreign national company to do it. No, especially one that's in China, right? I mean, we Abs- we have a we have a unique global threat uh, in our adversaries in China. These are our enemies, not the people of China. The Chinese Communist Party. I mean, we see the people of China being victimized by the Chinese Communist Party, but that is a di- dictatorial regime, mm-hmm. that has firm authoritarian control over the pe- the billions of people that live in China. No, um, oh, absolutely. Not the Chinese people. Let's you know, be clear. Um, they're great people. Um, some of them live here. I have I have neighbors that are Chinese. They're great people. Uh, it's the Chinese Communist Party and what they are trying to do. To they're trying to impose their ideology, their authoritarian uh, control over the entire globe. And we saw what they're willing to do uh, in the lead up and release of the bioweapon called COVID nineteen on the world. Well, and, and in just in the reality of things, I've seen it recently. So, you know, uh, if you're not familiar with TikTok's terms of service, look up and Google Joe Rogan and, and TikTok, and you'll find an episode where he read through the terms of service. You'll be amazed at the stuff that's in there. I hadn't read it. I'll readily admit it, but you'll be amazed. The other thing that really surprised me, well, maybe not surprised me, but I found interesting the other day is uh, I love watching Patrick Beck David, and I think he's a, a great business guy with tremendous ideas. And he had actually done a test on his channel. If you don't know Patrick Beck David, he talks largely about business and entrepreneurship capitalism, things like that, but he ventures into some other side topics. And he had been posting content on both Instagram and the exact same content on TikTok. Hmm. And he was getting more views on TikTok. He then, I believe it was on August 5th or 8th, 
did a podcast where he talked negatively about China, again, not the Chinese people, but the Chinese communist government. And literally the following day, his views went from hundreds of thousands of views per video on TikTok to hundreds of views. Wow. Those same videos are still getting hundreds of thousands of views on Instagram, just as they were before that. But on TikTok, he and he, he just throttled. showed it. Yeah, wow. Yeah, got throttled way back. So while I, I know it's so easy because we enjoy these apps and we enjoy all that and go, they're never going to do that. They are. And the more information they have, regardless, the, the more tools they have to influence us in positive and or negative ways. And I think, Lane, when you talk about our kids in particular, it's so important for us as parents to know, yeah. hey, this is not something worth playing around with. It's not worth the risk. Maybe you're right. Maybe they're not going to do it. But do you really want to risk your child's thoughts process, their, their maturing, the, the thoughts that are planted in their brain to grow? Do you want to risk that? Is it really they worth it? it? Let's be let's be clear. They are doing it. Look at the degradation of of our society and our culture in the last 10 years. No it doubt. Is, it is extreme. Uh, oh, I agree. We're dealing, we're dealing with with drag shows and our kids are being invited to drag shows to put money in the pants of grown men dressed as women. And that's being and and these 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 children are being pushed this 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 ideology, this lifestyle, this wicked wickedness is being uh, pushed into them through social media. That's where they're getting it from. They're not getting it. Yes, they're even starting to get it at school now, which is how bad it is, because now you've got an entire generation of kids who were pushed this ideology through social media. They went through school and college and they are now teachers in the classroom, right? Exactly. What they were taught for the last 10 years through Facebook, Instagram, the TikToks of the world, all of these other. Precisely. So it's it, and it's ha been happening through American companies. Yeah. So it's, yeah, not, it's not just China, but uh, but it's an ex extreme risk with TikTok. Now, I, we could keep going. This is a rabbit hole for sure. <laughs> I will tell you this. We as a company. I, as the CEO of the company, have made a decision, and we this is not a new one. We made this, you know, years ago, and they just followed through on it still to this day. We will not do any marketing for our clients with TikTok. We just we don't offer that as a service. We are right. not going to we're not going to go into that platform. I know it means we lose some business and some opportunities that we would otherwise have if we did provide that as a solution. I'm okay with that. Well, and I think that's important that, you know, at no time maybe in history or not, I don't know, but it's always been important that we stand on our values and we we stand up for what we believe in. We don't all have to agree on everything, but one of the things that I'm so thankful for is that we do have that opportunity to make yeah. those decisions and to act appropriately. And and if that if you disagree, that's okay. There's no problem with that. But I think that's that's one of the awesome things about the country we live in is we still, as of the moment, have the opportunity to make those decisions and stand on our our values. But the slip like you said we're on is that we we're we're even having to qualify right now, like at least as of today. <laughs> you know, we still yeah. have the right. No, we're actually already being censored, and we've really lost a lot of freedom here in America because we've been in bed with China and their ideology for for decades, and we've let them just continuously erode 
our culture and our freedoms through their ideology. And it's slipped into every area of our culture and our government uh, and our educational system. And people are okay with being censored. They're, they're now crying for censorship. They're, you know, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a dangerous world we live in. I, you know, it's just, uh, like you said, it, it's, we got to take stands where we need to, and it's okay to be differing in opinions. I respect your opinion if you differ from mine. And that's the great Absolutely. thing about America. Well, and again, I, I think this is a rabbit hole we could spend a lot of time in because uh, there's a lot of items we agree on here, Lane. But yeah. I want to respect your time. And I do have one other question I'd like to ask. And um, we call this the 91 Day Success Podcast for a reason. And that's it. I love asking the guests that we have on here, all successful businessmen like yourself or businesswomen, if, if you had to start over, Lane, and I gave you $1,000 and said, hey, how can you grow a business that can generate $10,000 or more a month in 91 days? What couple things would you focus on for the first 91 days? That's three months, by the way, for everybody wondering. You, we get just over 30.3 days per month. So 91 days is three months. What would you do in the first three months to, if you had to start over to, to create a business that would, again, hit that target at $10,000 a month in revenue three months down the road. Is this a business that I have experience in already? Or? Anything, anything you want. Just a couple simple rules. You can't borrow any money and you can't necessarily uh, say, okay, I'm going to reach out to my existing clients and, and build it. You'd be starting over. But imagine I, I picked you up and said, all right, Lane, uh, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and we're going to put you in the middle of um, Topeka, Kansas and you've got a thousand bucks, you've got food, you've got shelter, you've got a vehicle, your, your, your basic needs are met, but you've got a thousand dollars in 91 days to build a business. What would you do first? Well, I guess it would depend on the business. Um, but the, I, the Whatever first you want, yeah, the first thing I would do is um, make sure I have the knowledge of, of the business I'm going to get into. So if I take the premise that I'm, I'm a, you know, like, um, I'll just take the, you know, I'm a marketing agency, right? Like, sure. uh, I got to start over. I have some marketing experience uh, from other other jobs I've had or whatever. Yep. Um, but I've got to start my own business now. Um, you know, I, maybe I just got fired or I lost my job or I got laid off or whatever. Um, and I'm going to start a marketing agency. Um, I would I would invest that thousand dollars in um, the seven figure agency group, to be honest with you. <laughs> in some, I'm with you there. <clears throat> excuse me. Some level of knowledge. Um, to help that's my insurance policy to be successful the rest of it i mean a thousand dollars is not a lot of money so no. really to get the knowledge and maybe some people on my team to help me uh or surround myself with which is what you get when you kind of join a mastermind of something like that so i'd find a you know a, a group of people or a mastermind i'd invest the money there so that i had some success coaches and some resources and support there and then the rest of it's just pure hard work, right? You're going to have to work absolutely hard um, and and persist. Um, you know, I was thinking about this morning. Um, I walk my dog twice a day, you know, every morning, every evening, and so I pray and I think and I you know just reflect on those on those walks. It's a great time. And I just was thinking back about my entire life and how it's really just um, persistence, you know, like success. Absolutely. My success, whatever I've level I've had, um, has never been 
when I planned it. I was always I always planned it a lot sooner. <laughs> yep. I always planned my uh, my success to be a lot greater. But I know that I've achieved certain levels of success because I've just persisted, and I still have more to go. Um, and so if I only had a thousand dollars in 91 days, you're just going to have to really work hard, but I would invest a thousand dollars in my own knowledge, education, and a support system to be successful. Well, I think it's great advice. I think one of the best investments any entrepreneur can make is investing in themselves. And, you know, that's exactly what you're talking about. And there's no doubt, um, for everyone, we, we know, tons of businesses uh, through both seven figure agency and others that have become, I will say, quote unquote, overnight successes after a decade of hard work mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, sleepless nights and uh, things like that don't come easy. Success takes time and takes a lot of hard work. Uh, but I appreciate you sharing that. And I, I really appreciate your perspective on that. Yeah, um, one of the things we'd love to do, Lane, is to, and we'll include your information on Signal Genesis and how to, how to get in touch with you if an agency owner is watching this and they want to learn more. Uh, what's the best way for them to reach out and learn more about how you can help them help their clients, Lane? Is it just to reach out and schedule a call or what's the best step they should take to do that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really accessible. Uh, you know, in the world that we're in, we have to kind of be an omni-channel type of communicator. Um, so I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Skype and all those channels, but signalgenesis.com. Um, I'm sure you'll provide that because we have a- I know, will. We have a unique spelling on Genesis. It's S-Y-S on the end, not S-I-S. But yeah, on our website, we have a live chat. You know, you can get there as well. Um, um, or um, admin at signalgenesis.com. That also will get right to me as well. So, um, but appreciate you, you know, introducing our company and our our, um, our software platform and solution for agencies. Um, and uh, really great, great time just uh, talking with you and talking a little bit about TikTok and other things as well. Well, I appreciate your time and, and I really appreciate you responding to the, the video. It was great to meet you in person in Miami recently when we were yeah. down there for the yeah. seven figure agency. Um, but if you are an agency owner and you're wondering, I want to give a personal just testimony to Lane and, and the credibility that he brings to things. Lane is the real deal and his team does an amazing job. Uh, there's a lot of solutions that you can take a look at, but you owe it to your clients even more than you owe it to you to do a great job. And I believe that means having a conversation with Lane, just as our agency has done, to learn what he can do to help you help your clients. So if you if you need it, talk to him. I really appreciate Lane, that. It means a lot. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Um, we may have to have another one of these conversations on on things. I think uh, it, it it would be fun to uh, actually do a test and and you know I'll I'll follow up. We'll see if I get any fishing gear. Uh, you know, ads in the next day or two, and we'll uh, we'll post some maybe a follow up on the podcast because I'm betting I'll see those ads probably before tomorrow morning's uh, over. So yeah, I have mine here too. We'll see. All right, Lane. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. And if I don't talk to you, sure. a very blessed Christmas, my friend. Thank you. You too, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate you, Jonathan. Take care. Thanks, Lane. <laughs>